Hey everyone, it's Kaya and this is K1 Queens, the 90 day podcast. Uh, Unfortunately, we are missing about half our crew today, uh, but Sarah and I are going to hold down the fort for this episode. Uh, Alexa got got by some Panera today, so she's out with food poisoning. Um, Alexa, we hope you feel better. Um, And Osmari is off at a conference in Boston, so we hope that you are enjoying Boston. And this week's episode was honestly crazy and a little bit exhausting to watch, um, but we're going to keep it lighthearted and fun as we always do do um, also follow us on social media at k1 queens um, and that's k1 queens with akw uh, we've actually been doing pretty well on tiktok lately and we'd love for you to join in the fun and we also do live tweeting uh every sunday for the episodes so sarah it's just you and me today i'm really excited about this episode i feel like we're just it's like kaya and sarah after dark um <laughs> you're you're absolutely right so i i'd love to point out that during your intro, it sounds like you and me are like the lame two. Like we don't have anything like fun going on. Like we're not, you know, like shitting liquid. We're not at conferences. We're at our homes on Monday night. Um, but I actually will say I am in Kansas City right now. So I am every single moment of the day waiting for Bilal and Shida to post a story so that I can stalk them. But that that will have to talk next episode if I end up finding them. Um, but no. So Kaya, you just said this episode was really spicy. And I oh, so hate that Alexa's butthole is spicy right now because <laughs> like it's, it's so upsetting because I was so looking forward to talking about this. Like even the tea is kind of spicy, right? Really so I'll, like, yeah, like, so I'll start us off. So this week, like sad news, right? So childhood superstar boy icon Aaron Carter passed away. RIP to Aaron Carter. And, you know, just sending love to his family and Nick Carter was in love with you as a child. Now I'm married, but you get the vibe. So this is what's interesting is that when Aaron Carter before, so obviously he died of a drug overdose, right? Mm -hmm. But he was engaged and he has a a son who I don't even think the son's like a year old yet, but he was engaged. Yeah, but he wasn't, well, sad to a point, but that's for another episode. Um, (laughs) He wasn't a good father, but he, the mother is a woman named Melanie Martin, and they were actually engaged up until a point, I think it was earlier this year, and Kaya, do you want to hear, so this is, why, why am I telling you about Aaron Carter, right? Because he said that they broke the day they broke off their engagement, mm-hmm. she went to go sleep with a 90 day fiance, well known character. <gasps> none, yes, none other than our very own Darcy Silva's ex current whatever boyfriend, Georgie Rusev. Not Georgie. Are you kidding me? Sarah. Yes. Yes. <gasps> yes. And so he even, so the way he described Darcy and Stacey was iconic. He said those two blonde bitches off 90 day fiance. Loved that. <laughs> Love that. But yes. And so I was just like, oh my God, like did that, I, you know, like what is Georgie doing right now? But I don't know. I just thought that that was just what a small world in a way. And also how, how did Georgie meet Aaron Carter's feet? I don't know. But speaking of the Silva universe, the other like little bit of tea this week comes from Stacy. So Stacy and Florian released wet more wedding pictures. So seemingly this was like their dream wedding. So if we can recall in like season two of Darcy and Stacy, they had a courthouse wedding because it was during COVID. And so they got married in their apartment. I think they did. They got married in their apartment with all the candles. And I thought that Stacey's dress was going to catch on fire. 
Yes. I I remember like viscerally being like worried about that. Um, so they released more wedding photos. Uh, we released a photo of that on our Instagram. You guys should all check it out. I think we were one of the first ones to drop those pics outside of TLC. Um, Florian looks very messy in the photos, not well kept, but Stacy looks amazing and we're so Mm -hmm. happy for them. Um, but yeah, so Kyle, why don't you let me know what else you have? Oh, man. So this one is really about our OG guy, uh, Paul. Um, Paul Stahl, a.k.a. Paul, um, a.k.a. Poop Water Facility, um, (laughs) posted Sarah. He posted probably the worst slash saddest um, anniversary wish to Karini. It said, and I quote, happy fifth anniversary. Sorry our kids got taken by CPS. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Like, wait. Okay. Wait. Can you describe? Okay. So I didn't see this, but I'm imagining. Was this? A, you said this was an Instagram story. Yes, it was an Instagram story. I believe in Comic Sans. And it was Comic like, Sans. Yes, and it was like you know, like that sort of like blue background. That's it oh like god. Yeah, and like Comic Sans, and it just said in the middle of the screen, "Happy anniversary." Sorry, our our kids got taken by CPS. That might be the funniest slash saddest thing I've ever heard. Because, wait, I uh, and Comic Sans, such a choice. I mean, that almost makes it worse, like that much sadder. It does. And, like, Paul is a choice. But, well, and then let's talk about what also came out. So, 90 Day, like, reality uh, podcaster, blogger, John Gates, um, actually, so Paul went on his live. And apparently Paul came out as gay with Karini's what yes with Karini's male cousin and apparently you can watch on OnlyFans <gasps> wait wait whoa, 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 whoa. okay watch what on OnlyFans I mean, like a him, thing, I think. Yeah. him and the male cousin so okay, so Kaya, I wanna I wanna make this news segment go 360 here. It sounds <laughs> like Paul is down going down a very Aaron Carter like path. It do, it does seem that way because like the um, the uh, the um, coincidences are staggering. Really, do we know how old the male cousin was? Because we all know he also has a tendency. You know, we don't. Um, but I'll do some digging and see. You mean you haven't paid to watch the OnlyFans? <laughs> I, have, I have not paid to watch the OnlyFans. You know, I I thought I still had some dignity left. Uh, <laughs> you know, and so I try I try to have that illusion about myself. So. We don't we don't know what dignity is on this podcast, everyone. <laughs> um, I mean, we spend hours a week investing ourselves in these trash human beings' lives. So, um, I don't have a shred of it left. But it seems like Paul doesn't either. So. Bless up for those kids. Bless up for Aaron Carter's kid. It's just, it's just kind of tough. But I think we can go ahead and move into couples recaps. Uh, yeah, let's do it. So I, I guess I'm kind of anxious to move into them because this week, you know, we had the last two episodes of this podcast and we kept saying like, oh, this is a filler episode. This is a filler episode. And we finally caught the episode that it was illuminating to, right? Agreed. I feel like we got like a glimpse of the penultimate episode and I didn't like what I saw. Oh, no, I absolutely did not. And honest to God, it seems like it's only going to get worse for the rest of the season. But... (laughs) 
Um, but this week, this week was saucy. So I'll start it off with Kim and Usman, right? So we begin their story this week with them in the room the night before he's supposed to meet with the woman whom his mother has like arranged for him to meet and like perhaps the future mother of his children, which is already like a fucked up enough situation if you're in Kim's shoes, right? So you've flown 3,000 miles to see this guy. And while you are sitting in the hotel room, he is actively meeting another woman with the intention to impregnate her. When you really say those words out loud, it's fucked. Um, And then like the the age power dynamic too is what really got me. And like, I'm just shocked that Kim went along with it. Well, <laughs> to a point. So Kim, Kim had a Kim had a little plan up her sleeve, shall I say? Um, so Kim is like visibly and verbally upset, right? And this is the night before. This is not even day up. So she asks him to leave the room so she can talk to Jamal, her son, um, aka Hot Jamal, aka Hot Pepper Spicy Jamal, who we are all a fan of. <laughs> Here, yeah, here in K1 Queens. Um, but aka, that is also the time she is spending to prep the room to propose <laughs> to Usman. Which, which, can we just like put a pin and talk about Kim proposing to Usman as a concept? Because to me, I hated every second of it, to be honest with you. Kaya, there are very few moments in this franchise history where I've wanted. Like I have felt secondhand embarrassment, like I did watching that scene. Um, so, the, I th- there are so many reasons that scene was wrong, and they did her so wrong for even putting that on the internet to see or the TV. Like, honest to God, someone who was filming that should have felt so. It was so pathetic, Ville. Like they should not have even oh. felt right to even post that. Like, but this was the kicker, right? So. When he comes back in, he's like touched. He's looking at everything. And it's basically, if you didn't see it, it was like rose petals on the floor, some photos of them, some tea lights, uh, you know, whatever. And it wasn't too, too much. It was kind of like, uh, those, those viral TikToks of when like 16 and 17 year olds book a hotel room for the first time. Oh my God. You're so right. <laughs> yes. And, but he was yes. like, but so she, propo- she starts almost crying, but when she proposes, and this was what killed me, she had two rings. Like she did. Kim really said that man was not leaving the room without a ring on his finger. Like, like she really said, I got a backup for you in case the other one And so like when she first pulled out the two rings, when he was out of the room, I was like, oh, like maybe she got a ring for herself because like she's the woman. Right. Nope. Two rings for Usman. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, again, it's this like pattern of behavior with her where she is just spoiling him and gets nothing in return. And now she's like, I, I just, I don't understand it, but so so he, he he receives the ring. He receives the ring. He makes comments like, I will never, I will never forget this moment for the rest of my life. You know, <laughs> all that good stuff. But then, so like, the, and it, the, it kind of like ends the night there, right? Like it was kind of weird. Like you can tell, like there's really not like sexual chemistry before them. But like, I almost feel like for Kimberly, and this is a very American thing, right? I think that, First off, for a woman to propose to a man just kind of 
this is going to sound like I support the patriarchy, which I don't, but like, oh my God, it's so, it, it's so pathetic, Bill, when a woman does that. And so for okay. her- can I can I play devil's advocate? Can oh, I play devil's advocate? Please. If, if I feel like the woman is coming from an empowered place, it is not nearly as- Yes. Women. Yes. Where, because I think my problem with Kimberly is that Usman has all the power, Right. So, like, not only does he have all the power in the relationship, now she's also proposing. Well, and she came from it. I love your verbiage there. She came from it from a place of insecurity because the only reason she did it was to, I think, like, almost keep herself from crying the next day. Like, so she felt that she had, like, a little piece of her with him when he met this other woman. Right? Or even a, a piece of power in the relationship. Yes. Because then she can then she can say like, oh well, he's engaged to me first. And I think that Kim is so caught up on the first wife yes. title. Again, and it's coming from a place of insecurity. So what, I'm just like, I mean, which at the end of the day, again, like just go back to that scenario, right? Like the fact that she has so little power that she's agreeing to let him go meet a woman. And like while she's in Nigeria, like, cause she's, I mean, if we're realistically like, yes, we're seeing a season of this. She's realistically only there for two weeks. Max. Maximum. So uh, this is, this whole trip has already been just absolutely fraught, but this is where it gets interesting, right? So we pan back to them and it's, you know, it's now the next day and he's like preparing to leave to meet this other woman after like now being engaged to Kim, right? And Kim is like really really alone she like as he's walking at the door she says don't have fun um which was just like the ultimate like i'm insecure like you might as well have just yelled it out right right um but she she goes and talks to her son jamal so she actually does make that phone call this time and she tells him everything but this is where i know she knows what she did was wrong she kind of really hesitates to tell jamal right she does she really does and I, I think for me, just like seeing Jamal's reaction and how Kim was like, well, I just kind of making excuses and I don't know. It just, it's going to end badly. Well, there's a lot of cognitive dissonance there. And I think that she yes. never, she never has to confront it until she's talking to someone like Jamal. Because the thing about Jamal is it's not like her friends where she can just like up and leave the conversation. It's literally her son. And so I was, right. I was almost shocked she didn't choose a friend who would be a yes man in that situation. But nevertheless, Jamal says like a very, he kind of illuminates her thinking a little bit in the sense that he, he says, so he took the ring, and so which means he's fully okay with deceiving his mom, you know, which because he took the right. ring by saying, Well, I'm engaged to you, even though they did not have a blessing. So, like, what if he's willing to do that to his mother? What makes you think he wouldn't do that to you? Which is a pretty, like, I, I would say in American culture, that's a pretty, like, day one saying. I mean, people have said that for yeah. hundreds of years. Like, look at how a man treats his mother. Whatever he does to her, he will do to you, if not worse. Exactly. And and I think, you know, Jamal hit the nail on the head where he's saying, like, look, like, if he's going to be this deceptive, he's obviously comfortable keeping things from the people he loves. And, you know, he's not wrong about that. Um, but and then it's like, I also like struggle with, does Usman actually love Kim? Right? Abs- I feel like absolutely is, not. It's a publicity stunt, right? Well, it's either a publicity stunt or it's a way for him to somehow get like some level of dual citizenship so he can 
bring his music to the US. But I think that that's kind of the thing is he needs and he wants someone like Kimberly that will be just desperate enough to let him walk all over because and that was another interesting point, right? Right after she he leaves, she's in her in the moment and she says, well, I will not be second wife. And then he does his ITM and he says, well, we'll see how it goes. And if I still don't get my mother's blessing, then, well, Kim will just be the second wife and get over it. And he doesn't really seem to have a doubt in his mind that at some point she will just get over it. Right. And I don't blame him for that because, I mean, the woman already bought him a PS5. So- yeah. It's one of those things where I think he targets, you know, these older American women because they're insecure. And he knows that Kim loves him enough via the proposal, right, to really set aside her morals and her values. Not, I mean, and again, it's a cultural difference, right? But Kim was so staunch on not wanting to be the second wife that I just like don't, you know, she gives that up. You know, Usman, again, he has all the power in the relationship. So I'm really curious to see yeah. what all is going to happen with the two of them. Because I just don't think Usman loves her the way she deserves to be loved. And she knows it. And so she's, again, willing to acquiesce all of these different things. And she's compensating. Because I think that deep down she does know that. But I will say, I'm not going to spoil it. I will not I will not say what's going to happen next week until the preview. Because that lit that lit a fire in me um, for poor Kim. But I will say in real world news, Kim did get her hair done this week and she looks fabulous. Um, She looks so cute. Yeah. She looks really cute. So we can kind of end them on that positive note. So why don't you talk about Elizabeth and Andre? Okay. So with Libby and Andre, there wasn't like a ton. Uh, We kind of see them prep for their trip to the Grand Canyon um, to only tell their dads about Libby's second pregnancy. So I thought that was interesting. And, you know, we'll talk about the implications of that in a second. Um, It was hilarious to me that Chuck and Andre's dad made the cut, but not sisters Libby. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or even the mothers, like not even Libby's mom. No, I was like, oh, dang, like, she's really, uh, really cutting people out. Yeah, which was um, you know, bold, bold. Bold of her. Um, so then it didn't really go super well because they combined the signs in Moldovan, Russian, and English. And so it didn't really make a whole lot of sense. And then they did Chuck so dirty. <laughs> that man cannot read. Why are they having him trying to do this? So far we need to talk <laughs> about that because it. this is a very, very minute point, but I mean, we cannot be the only viewers that realized it took Chuck an awkwardly. It was like a Leah Michelle moment up there. I mean, I was like, I was like, Chuck, sir, Charles, are you able to read? I mean, he was, and now granted, little baby Ellie, I don't know if she's stupid, you know, but she, she didn't do so well with the sign either. I was shook by how bad a two-year-old was able to hold a sign. Um, Just the idea generally, the idea generally for the signs was pretty bad. And like, Kaya, you're actually missing one of the, honestly, an iconic part of the episode for me. Oh, what did I miss? When they were, when they were making the signs and Andre starts screaming at Libby and then in their ITM immediately says that she's the one with the anger problem. (laughs) Which again, like Andre is like a walking heart attack. Literally. Like, why is he always so angry and why is he always yelling? <laughs> he's so like it. he's so high strung and he treats her so bad. Uh, I, I, know, I think Libby thinks it's hot, though. 
I don't know. I literally, I literally don't know because like that was what was so iconic is he was like, yeah, whenever she's pregnant, she's mean and I don't like it. And I'm like, bitch, take a hard look in the mirror because dear Lord, um, he's so aggressive though. I literally, he scares the fuck out of me. Like if I was her, I don't know. I would have been divorced him, but she seems to like something about it. Uh but yeah, so then we just see it, you know, the baby the announcement. They're excited. Um, and then again, like we're questioning Chuck's ability to read. So that yeah. was pretty much their segment. I know it's like not the longest or most exciting because again, it was just about Andre being aggro. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Jovi and Yara's far more, far more interesting though. So tell me about that. <laughs> uh, Jovi and Yara was kind of interesting because, well, it's interesting for a lot of reasons because. I hate, hate, hate to take Jovi's side ever, but our fave girly, she just kind of keeps saying, she, right. Okay. Like that's what I, I guess, go, go ahead okay. and tell them this, tell our listeners. So the Jovas, right? The Jovas. The Jovas. <laughs> um, the Jovas featuring Yara's mom go visit an apartment worth $155,000 in USD, which I, I don't know why I feel the need to say that, but it was just kind of funny that she thought she was going to buy anything in Europe for that amount of money, but I digress. Much less a three-bedroom apartment. Bedroom apartment. Yeah. In Prague, no less. In Prague. Iconic behavior from Yara. Um, and so she's shocked, simply shocked that she cannot afford this. Um, but then you, it pans to Jovi, who was way too fucking happy to like have his point proven, right? Um, right. and so, but this was kind of interesting. So it's like immediately she's upset and like they only visited one apartment and then they like went home um, to where Jovi immediately goes to the bar, um, which was just really something. Um, and, and Yar even said like, of course you are. And I'm like, well, what do we expect? Um, but then like, that's the man you married. Exactly. Like that's the man you married, but we do get to hear from the queen herself, Miss Gwen. I love Gwen. Gwen. But of course, Gwen and her accent are both very much on Jovi's side. Shocker, shocker. Um, And then the mama's boy he is immediately goes upstairs and is like, "Um, Yara, my mom's on my side. Like, no, no shit. No no shit. She's on your side. Yeah. Like, come on. But this is where it gets kind of interesting because... Yara like now like sort of comes clean and she says that one of the reasons she's looking for an apartment is in case something happens to her own marriage and she needs to like protect her child which is Mila lest something happen to the marriage and which uh, we talked about this last week Yara has literally never had these thoughts before and honestly has no reason to have these thoughts because A, she's married in America. B, they did not have a prenup. Um, But C, it's the fact that she literally only is saying these things because her mom is A, trauma dumping like fuck about her own marriage onto Yara. And it's like the one planting these seeds. And I think that that's why I think Alexa said it a few weeks ago and I almost want to go back. Their whole storyline is starting to feel a little made up. Um, because you know, it does, it feels like a farce. Yeah. And so the drama feels forced a little bit, but anyway, Jovi's like upset, doesn't feel like he's given her a reason to feel like their marriage is in peril, but nonetheless, uh, um, yeah, I just hate to say our, our fave Ukrainian girly is tripping just a little bit because I, there's no, and, and I think that's kind of the bigger thing is like, why does she feel like if they got divorced, she would automatically just be able to take their child to another country? Right. And it, it's so interesting that she's like uh, that delusional about it. 
Um, and then again, like, I don't know, I want to know your thoughts about her trying to do this behind Jovi's back, because I know that my husband would freak the fuck out if I tried to buy property in another country without him. Well, see, that's the thing. She even, when Jovi asked her, like, oh, why are you doing this behind my back? She said, well, I wasn't buying anything. I was just looking. So therefore, and so she kind of tried to justify it. But I was like, no, because my I'm with you. Like, if I, if Greg, like, was you know, I, we share locations. Like if he like saw me like looking at apartments without him, he'd literally be like the fuck. Like, I, right. because that's the thing. Like it, it would literally be like someone in a happy marriage. Cause it would be different if they're like actually arguing, but he literally provides everything for her. She has support. She right. like, there's no reason other than her mom has like planted this thought and, and Yara is just really impressionable. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I mean, I, and I don't want to be that guy, but it's just kind of like, yeah, my husband would be really upset. I would be, I would be just as upset if he did that to me. I mean, and I'm Joe and that's the thing. I hate to side with Jovi, but dear God, like he deserves to be right. pissed off. Um, but agreed. And like, that's also, Yara acts like Myla also isn't his child. Yes. You know? And it, it's very interesting. Yeah. It, she seems to maybe view all men through the lens of her own father, um, which is, again, that's just not, you should never come to a marriage not healed. And she, you know, her and her mother both need to heal from that. But the language barrier doesn't help everything. But next week, oh. yeah, next week should should be, give us a little bit more. But I will let you, God, we're breezing through. Um, I, really I will let you take Angela and Michael. All right. So we really just see sort of a continuation of the conversation with Renee, a.k.a. their, like, marriage counselor this week. Um, and really just, again, like, how Michael doesn't want to take down the Instagram. He lied about it to sleep with Angela. And <laughs> Mima, this episode was so hoarse. She sounded like me we were we were imagining it the whole time whenever you said you sounded like me i literally was like the fact that like i would say there's like maybe 10 people in the universe who would literally know exactly who we were referring to when we say that <laughs> so so basically angela is just like um whisper shouting at him because like she like her voice is gone but she still wants to yell um which was just also hilarious oh yeah um, right. she so she then, has so she's she has no indoor voice like even in the no. even in the itms that was what was so fucking funny when they're literally sitting next to each other and she like turns her head to scream at him <laughs> It's true. And so, so yeah, so she's yelling at him. And then basically the big, you know, what I liked that Renee said and sort of mentioned is that they were both wrong in the relationship because she's not really taking solely Michael or solely Angela's side, which I appreciated. But again, it's so bizarre to me that again, this Instagram thing is such <laughs> a big deal when Michael's Instagram, he's not following anyone. Remember, we found mm -hmm. his account. He's not following anyone. He only has like 5,000 followers. Mm -hmm. So like, what is the actual problem? I, well, according to Angela, it's because he called someone my person. Oh, yeah. And let, let's talk about that. So, well, she was, I think this is my thing, though. Like, even this is this is my bigger thing. First off. I 
I'm going to side with Renee here in the sense that I don't know who the problem is anymore, honest to God. They're, it's getting exhausting to watch them. Like, just as Meemaw is exhausted from her day that has now spanned four episodes, I am exhausted watching the damn day. But I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to pop, I'm going to pause real quick. So we initially gave Angela a lot of like claps when we first met Renee of saying, oh my God, Angela has a black friend, right? Renee, Renee, this episode is giving like white woman who race shifts vibes. And I don't know if you saw that, but she looked like, I don't know. Do you remember that white woman who like did all this shit? Oh, And she like, she was the leader of that black organization. Yes, Rachel um, Dolezal. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. And Renee was giving those vibes. I'm never going to question that, but like, I would really like to know more about Renee's background. It was, she was giving that vibe this week. But the Instagram, I don't know how many marriages have ended over an Instagram account, right? But Probably several thousand. Okay. So you're a little bit more sure about that than I am. But I think it's the fact that it's when it really comes down to it, it's control. And Angela just wants absolute authoritarian Hitler-like control over Michael, which when you are living in different continents, she just needs to realize she just cannot have. Exactly. And I also think it's so... Because she's been like this from the very beginning. I mean, let's not forget, she smashed a cake in the man's face. Yeah. <laughs> she, and like, he slept with her after she tore his car apart barehanded. So I just, Which no, no green card is worth it. No green card. No green card is worth no. it. No. And like, I, no, I literally, I keep having this recurring thought because I, I don't want to steal your note, but you say at one point, Michael does the, the thousand yard stare and- literally there were i was like you can literally see this man contemplating what it's worth like like, is this shit actually worth it and i really no it's not worth it do you want to you have a support yeah do you want to know the the shit that absolutely kills me though whenever they do they're in the moment right and they're sitting next to each other on the couch and she like turns her head 90 degrees just to scream at him the moment when he said well you're getting mad about my instagram but yet you're duetting this man whatever and then she says she says well you want to know what that was you want to know what that was i was trying to test and see if you still love me like the way that woman gets so mad at him for doing the exact same fucking thing and it invalidates every single thing Right, like we didn't forget about the original Thief of Hearts. No, Angela. oh no, and if she was going to go to Canada to meet, him, literally, and then TLC, yes, like TLC Canada. put her ass on a flight to Nigeria. Like it was like, uh, but honest to God, this is the other thing. I will give Angel this, and uh, and and in Alexa's honor, Michael sleeping with her, and then like like actively lying to her and admitting to that. And still sleeping with her is crazy. But how about this? How about Angela? If she truly, truly believed that Michael was cheating on her or Michael was doing this and the other, why did she sleep with him? Great question. Because she's an idiot. 
she's an idiot person. But like that, I I think I, this is my thing. I don't genuinely, I don't know. I really just don't think she actually thinks he's cheating. I think it's a control thing because I don't think she would have slept with him if she genuinely thought he had cheated. That's a hot take, Sarah. And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna play devil's advocate again Ugh. because Michael did the BJ for real. <laughs> You're, Remember that? you're an absolute. So he did actually cheat on her ass. <laughs> didn't wasn't there something though where he was like, "Oh well, I didn't know" or something. So we had a few technical difficulties there. So, <laughs> um, Sorry, uh, guys. <laughs> per usual, if you're an avid listener, you know that at this point we love our technical difficulties over here at K One Queens. Can't get enough of them. <laughs> Um, but I don't really know where I was, but I was pretty much just going on a rant about Angela. Um, and just how, I mean, I, I think we can just sum it up with saying this is just absolutely exhausting. She's yelling. She clearly wants to fuck the thief of hearts. I mean, I don't even know if they love each other at this point. I, I she, I don't even know. I mean, my poor Michael. I, well, I can't, this is the thing at this point, he's kind of putting it on himself because he did lie. He is toxic. They're both toxic. But I, I think that I can speak for me, you, and seemingly every single 90 Day Fiance watcher that also has a Twitter account, we're all done. So at TLC, if you're listening, which you probably aren't, but if you are, we are all done with this couple. And honestly, I think if anything comes from them, we should get like a Skyla franchise. Would love to see a Skyla p- spinoff. I'm in agreement. Honestly, I'm tired of watching them. I think I think you're right. It's it's time for us to move on. Unless Michael's in Georgia, I'll watch that. But other than that, I think we're done. Well, uh, let me just add in. I'll just say this. And this is why I'm extra exhausted, right? Just this week, Angela posted like six fucking TikToks with her and Michael. Really? Like kissing. Yes. What? You didn't see this? No, I didn't. Yes. She's like, she's literally lip lip syncing a Beyonce song and they're like kissing. What? Yes. I'm so confused. Girl. I'm like, no, just literally go to her tiktok because i think it's like yeah go to her tiktok and she literally is, has a pinned video i think with the thief of hearts iconic but um it's literally she posted like three videos back to back to back of her and michael in a car making out <gasps> oh my god yes it's disgusting right. that's yeah. I, so i'm that, really just processing that sarah that I, I, I literally cannot take her seriously I, I literally can't. And I refuse to. And so I have no pity for her. But yeah. speaking of people that I also have no pity for, and in fact, I have a less pity for, but more of like a visceral hatred towards, <laughs> you love to hate him, our favorite Bilal. Um, so since Osmaria's not here, I'm going to be doing this, which is honest to God, my dream job, right? My dream role. Is to do the Bilal synopsis. Um, so let me start off with just saying to our audience, every week I hate this man more. I, I Every week, it's like that old Brad Paisley song. Um, oh my God, my light went off. Oh my God, I can't see myself. What the, what the fuck is even going on? I give oh up. No. Whatever. Uh, my ring light went off, everybody. It doesn't matter. Anyway, it's like that Brad Paisley song from like, 2003 it's like i thought i loved you then you know the one 
I don't. <laughs> okay, whatever. Um, so, and basically, the premise of the song is that every single year on their anniversary, he keeps thinking, I thought I loved you, and now I love you more. And so, for me, it's like the opposite, where every week I thought I hated him, but I hate him more. And oh, this week, it. this week really sealed the deal for me. Um, so, it kind of starts off with Shida being so cute and excited about getting her employment card, which means she can, right. like, finally have a job. And what does Bilal, the horrible person, do but immediately steal her joy, make it negative, be a dick, squash her dreams, the worst. Right. So she's like, let's go look at yoga spaces. And he's like, well, you've got to do this, 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 and this. And you're not thinking this through. And he talks to her. He talks down to her, talks to her like she's a child. So rude. Um, But... And then she got, well, I'm not even going to say next because then she does this in the moment, which is sad because she's like, what does he want me to do? Because he signed this prenup. He doesn't want to abide by it. What does he want me to do? Just sit in the house all day, which yes, girl. Yes. Yes, yes, he does. Yes, he does. Um, Then she does this yoga class for her, her members of her old studio in Trinidad and she did it for free. And Bilal ants, like Bilal's like in the class. Actually, I think this was before, but whatever. He's in the class and he farts. He like makes a farting noise. And he's like, oh, you never know when the prankster's going to strike. Kaya, I want to hit him. I want to hit him. And I think, again, it's just like lack of respect for Shida's business ambitions, lack of respect for her as a professional. It's just so gross. I want her to go to one of his house viewings and just fart fart the whole time, make fart right. noises, and, make the client smell farts. I, I just, a house full of farts. Right. Like how would you like it below? Yes. And at the end of the day, this is the other thing. I, I no disrespect to real estate agents in some places that is a respectable job. I don't know why, but I have never been like real estate agent is equal to a neurosurgeon. Like those are not the right. same jobs. And I think we can all say that like, mm-hmm. but Bilal acting like real estate agent is this like high stress, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like I make the bread baby job. It's just not the case. And I just, ugh. anyway, so he ends up scheduling her to meet with two women that like work in his real estate office to like take her to go look at spaces because he's just right. too busy. He's too busy to take her. Yeah, with his right. one fucking client showing. But anyway, <laughs> so these two women take her and then TLC staged perhaps the most staged con- con- conversation of all time. Right. Like it was painful. Like it was, it was visibly painful to watch Um, because, and then it was like even worse because Shida's like, Oh, I respect them. They're like my role models. And I'm like, no, don't call. They're not. No. Yeah. And I was like, no, don't call women your age or role model. And also like they're real estate agents. Like again, like no shame, but like, it was just bizarre. It was just bizarre. Like, look up to someone better. And then, like, the women, like, immediately ask, like, about pregnancy and babies. And I'm like, it's 2022. No woman in her right mind would ask another woman about that. Right. Especially. Like, oh, especially I was just, one that you don't know that well. Yes. Like, they're not, like, friends. Like, if I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, Kaya, have you guys thought about this? Like, that would be very different than me okay. going up to a a family friend two times removed and being like, right. when's the baby do? Yeah. And like, like, what does Bilal think about children? Like, 
girl. Literally. Um, but yeah, so the combo was very, very staged. Um, but it, it just kind of ended there. I mean, it ended with them in the yoga studio. I'm much, 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 much more excited about the preview for next Me week. Too. Um, but we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but yeah, just more belobbing stupid. And like, I, this is the thing. I'm not, and, and I think that a lot of people get like, wow, she really has it out for him. He was not wrong in saying that like, yes, there are several steps you need to take to start a business before you get a space for it, right? Not wrong in saying that. But being like, he did not have to be a dream squasher, like 0.5 seconds in, like just right. be positive. Like, like a moment of happiness, you know? Yes. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I will let you, I, that that's on them. Um, I will let you kind of finish us off with Big Ed and Liz, who shockingly were not the most problematic person for the first time in six weeks. Right. Although Matt Sharp does owe us financial compensation for that segment yep. uh, because I felt like that was traumatizing. <laughs> um, so we see Big Ed and Liz with their newly purchased massage table, I guess, and they're, mm. they're, they're putting it to use. Um, and so we see like Liz getting a massage and then Ed gets one and he like struts out fully nude. Um, and I take back everything I fucking said on this podcast that was disgusting. <laughs> I hated it. I was so upset. I'm so, um, I hate Alexa and us, Meyer, not here right now. I know. Cause like, I feel like I need to be humbled a little bit. Well, that was really humbling. And yeah. So then like they're giving each other massages. They're like having a spa day at home, which, you know, good for them. Um, but it's not really like interesting content. No, really, except for like Liz, like ugh, fucking waxing his back, which I'm sorry if my like because my partner does not have back hair. But if he did, I would not wax it. I would send him to someone else. To get well, Kaya, did you notice that at the end of it, it wasn't even waxed well? No, there were like patches. Yes. It so it looked horrible. But this is the thing. And I don't know if you caught this. First off, I'm going to make fun of Ed because Ed often likes to act like he like is big bankroller Ed. Get your girl a real spa day. If any man saw that and was like, this is a great date idea. It's not. Don't do that. They want to go to a real spa and they want to get a real massage. (laughs) Second off, I honest to God, hated when he was like, oh, I love your body. No, bitch. You like Alex's body. And I was like, shut up. Right. It's like you literally said it not two episodes ago. We remember, Ed. Literally. Third off, Kaya, did you notice that when he massages her, she is in a natural massage position. Boobs, belly yeah. down. He massages yeah. her back. When she massages him, she uh-huh. massaged his chest and overly large belly, which what? was... Very weird because why would you want that? That it, I don't know. I don't know, Sarah. Like, why in the world did she not massage his back? Like, that's not a massage. That's like a belly rub, like it's Santa like a rub. or a dog. It feels. It just feels wrong, and I just I don't like it. And again, I wonder why. Like, why is this a relevant segment? So, well, so there was the relevancy at the end. That's true. So basically we see them do this like spa day. They're like, I just want to like give back to you, Liz. Cause like, you know, I've been really, I've been a shithead lately, which we agree with head. And so then he basically says, I want to do a second engagement party in Arkansas. Gasp. Gasp. Which that doesn't sound fun. That doesn't sound great. Why, why do you want to do that? Um, 
Well, I don't know. he also makes the joke there, which again, he's just not funny. It's kind of like Bilal sense of humor. When he was like, he was like, oh, we'll do an engagement party. I mean, bloodbath. Ugh. And oh. I'm like, sir, it was bad because of you. Yeah. Like, right. And it's like, and why would you call it that? Like, it, again, he just, he has no, he's really bad at his sense of humor. It's actually pretty crazy. Yeah, it's, it, it, it is crazy how bad he is at having a sense of humor. Um, but yeah, so I had an idea. I said, what a horrid idea to trap Liz with people who she doesn't know and would all be on his side lest an argument break out, which there seems to be a pattern of that happening. And I was like, so right. not only would she be isolated as far as social socials go she would be isolated in a part of the country where she knows no one has and never support. has no right. support has not been there and this is maybe mere days from their last right it just it doesn't make a whole lot of sense and if anything it's going to be a dumpster fire and i i just i uh, well I and you you saw her reaction i mean she immediately 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 no yeah, and I would have said immediately no. To well, yeah, I mean, logically, anybody with a brain would have. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I think the the best part about this was being able to see Liz hurt him a little bit. Like, if I was Liz, I don't know. I mean, maybe I just really hate Ed, but like, I just a man being that vulnerable with his back down, it was giving like Gone Girl vibes, you know? No, I I love Gone Girl. Like, you know, you know when she like stabs Neil Patrick Harris. Yes. Like yes. perfect opportunity, Liz. Perfect opportunity. But unfortunately TLC was there. But I that is that is a really, really good place to stop. I mean, I think those were some pretty good recaps. I think so. So let's do our next week on. So what happened with Kim and Usman? Ha ha <gasps> Okay. So y'all, there's two two previews that I'm so fucking psyched for, and this is one of them. All we see, oh, Kaya, it's so good. All we see is Usman. So we just saw her propose. And mm-hmm. all we see is Usman meeting the girl, who she's cute. He meets adorable. Oh, adorbs. And he meets with the woman his mother has arranged for him. And he finds her attractive and immediately hits on her, hands her her phone, and asks for her number. Right. Kimberly's worst nightmare. Yeah, absolute worst nightmare. And it just it just kind of makes me feel like I just remember that live that me and Alexa joined. Like, has she seen this footage? Has she like what is going on? Um I'm scared, I'm scared for her to see it. To I'm scared. Um, but yeah, so Jovi and Yara, I'll I'll kind of move on. This one, Jovi and Yara, they end up having drinks with one of Jovi's old friends from Ukraine, who assumably has also f- you know, gone to Prague in the wake of everything. And they start talking about the good old days and like women that they pulled or slept with um, in front of Yara, like to her dismay. And she's like clearly very confused. And then Jovi makes the comment. Yeah. And Jovi makes the comment. Well, we both had lives before we met, um, which is still disrespectful. Nonetheless. Very. Yeah. Um, And, I'll, I'll go with Bilal and Shida, and then I'll just let you take, like, the last three, okay. right? Um, so this one's the other one that, oh. So the same girl that Shida was FaceTiming, like, two episodes ago about the um, the meeting with the doctor, they they go to New York City, which, oh, so upset I did not see them when they were there. I know. 
they go to New York City and they meet with her for dinner. And Bilal is so rude. Someone finally calls his ass out. I can't wait to watch it. <laughs> and you know what else? This is the thing. It wasn't just anybody. Like it was like just a really attractive, beautiful woman who's like smart and independent and confident and like sure of herself. And I was like, put that man in his place, dear God. <laughs> and she I hope she does. Finally. She finally. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I simply cannot. All right. So really for Angela and Michael, do we see them this week? I actually don't remember. I I think it I I I, I think it's just a non, another conversation with them and they're just going around in circles. Yeah. Um, and then Elizabeth and Andre, we just see them like, you know, talking about the baby, you know, seeing the ramifications of Libby's social media post. Um and I think we see a meetup of her and sisters Libby. Oh, I don't, I don't remember that, but I'm hoping I'm crossing my fingers. And then lastly, Mr. And Mrs. Submit. So Jenny's daughter and her partner come to India and then they talk with Jenny just like about the whole situation, the marriage, you know, his parents, that whole thing. Um, So I'm kind of excited to see them like visit her in India. I think that'll be interesting. It'll be cute. Um, It's so cute. Yeah. And then, and then Big Ed and Liz, we didn't really see them next week, which thank God. We saw enough of Ed this week. We saw every. We saw all of Ed this week. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. All right. Well, I think that's it. It's a short episode tonight, but you know this was a fun one-on-one. And Alexa, feel better. Osmari, enjoy Boston. And then for our loyal listeners, we do in fact love you. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, follow us on social media at K1Queens with a KW. And here's our outro music.